I would like to first of all wish all of our mothers a very happy and blessed Mother's Day. I will be remembering all of you in the secondary intentions of my Mass this morning. Come over to me, all you that desire me, and be filled with my fruits. Words taken from the book of Ecclesiasticus, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends, today, as I said, is Mother's Day, and I would like to dispense with the reading of the Epistle and Gospel for the Sunday Mass and begin by telling you a fictional but edifying story about mothers. The story begins on the sixth day of creation when Almighty God was approached by a certain angel. The angel asked, why do you spend so much time in creating mothers? Because, the Lord replied, she has to have a lap that can hold three children at one time. She has to have a kiss that can cure anything from a scraped knee to a broken heart. And she has to have six pairs of hands. The angel was astonished at the requirements as he cried out, Six pairs of hands. But as the story continues, the Lord goes on, It's not the hands, though, that are the problem. It's the three pairs of eyes that all mothers must have. And that's just the standard model, asked the angel. Yes, our Lord responded. One pair of eyes are for the mother to see through the closed door as she asks her children, what are they doing, even though she already knows. Another pair of eyes is for the back of her head in order to see what she needs to know, even though her children think she doesn't know anything. And the third pair of eyes are here in the front of her head. And they are for looking at an errant and stubborn child and saying that she understands and she still loves him very much without even saying a single word. As the Lord continued the work, the angel moved closer. He reached out and he touched the mother. And as he did, he said, you have made her so soft and gentle. Yes, said the Lord, she is soft and she is gentle, but I have also made her very tough. And I have made her very tough because she will have to endure many hardships and she will have to accomplish many things for her family. Will she be able to think, asked the angel. 
And Almighty God smiled and replied, not only will she be able to think, but she will be able to reason and even negotiate. As the angel watched the Lord work, he noticed something on the face of the mother. What is that? he asked. It is a tear, God said. What is the tear for? asked the angel. A mother's tear, he said, is her way of expressing her joy. A mother's tear is her way of expressing sorrow. A mother's tear is for expressing her disappointment, her pain, her loneliness, her grief. And a mother's tear is for expressing her pride in her family. The angel blessed the Lord and cried out, Lord, thou hast thought of everything. Mothers are truly amazing. And it is true, my dear friends, generally speaking, mothers are truly amazing. For they have much to endure, many things to accomplish, and more often than not, numerous sacrifices to make on behalf of their children. There is no mother who has not at some time shed tears of joy, tears of sorrow, tears of disappointment, tears of pain, tears of loneliness, tears of grief, and tears of pride in her family. I am now 30, I am now 50, I should say, 50 years of age. I'd like to be 37 again. <laughs> but I'm 50 years of age. I grew up in a family of eight children. I can now appreciate more than I did then the many sacrifices that my mother made and the many tears that she shed, that I saw her shed. She has been dead now for over seven years. And growing up, I took her tears and her sacrifices for granted, perhaps as most of us here probably did or even do right now. I can recall how often my mother would tirelessly and even uncomplainingly perform her household tasks. Her household tasks of cooking and cleaning and laundry, a family of eight children, the wash machine is almost constantly going. All the shopping, all the errands she ran. And on top of all of that, trying to keep track of where we were and what we were doing and who we were with. 
Imagine eight children and not always cooperative, moving in almost eight different directions at once. And one mother trying to lasso everybody in. And on top of that, in the wake of Vatican II, 1970, she had to leave the parish church if she was going to maintain the Catholic faith in our home. She began looking then. And I can tell you in that mid-1970s how many times we would get into our 76 Impala Chevy station wagon. That's a word we don't hear anymore, station wagon, right? And we would get in the car. We didn't know where we were going for Sunday Mass almost from week to week. We would go to a hotel room. We would go to somebody's private home. We didn't know them. We'd go to a VFW post. We'd go to the Ukrainian Catholic Church sometimes. And this she did alone. My father did not embrace being a traditional Catholic until almost 30 years later. It was after my ordination of the priesthood. She did this alone, all eight of us. And you want to see uncooperative children on a Sunday morning. She didn't let it daunt her. How many of us have a similar story about our own mothers who loved us, who sacrificed for us, and who shed tears in one way or another over us. Today, then, we set aside this Mother's Day to honor our mothers. And we set aside this day not just to honor them, but to give them thanks for all that they have done or all that they still do for us. But you know, my dear friends, if generally speaking, our earthly mothers are truly amazing, how much more amazing must be the most blessed and glorious Virgin Mary, who is our true heavenly mother, who is the mother of all mothers. Because like our earthly mothers, she too is very much concerned for our well-being. Especially our eternal well-being. And thus, as our mother, she is always ready, she is always willing to go to her divine son and plead with him on our behalf. Even when we have been most wicked, even when we have been most ungrateful, there is nothing Our Lady will not do for us. If only we will go to her. She goes to her Divine Son. She obtains for us the graces we need for our eternal salvation first and foremost. And she will obtain as well temporal blessings, material blessings, 
Hence, sacred scripture says, come over to me, all ye that desire me and be filled with my fruits. The church applies these words to Our Lady to go to her and be filled with her fruits, her blessings. If we go to Mary, our mother, she will obtain the graces and the favors that we ask. But like a good mother, if we ask for something that is not good for our eternal salvation, if we ask for something that is not good for our souls, she will obtain that which is good for our souls. And sometimes, my dear friends, she will obtain crosses for us. She will obtain suffering for us because she knows that this is good for our souls and this is what will benefit us for our eternal salvation. It really is so sad. A tragedy, actually. It's a tragedy. What happened in the wake of the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century? That is the first time, yes, there was a break away from the church. There were all kinds of problems. But within that Protestant Reformation, I single out as a great tragedy that they turned against Our Lady. They rejected her. They despised her. Some more than others. I think I might have told you one of our priests years ago uh, was talking to a Protestant minister. And the Protestant minister threw up his hands and said, What do you see in that little Jewish girl? That's the contempt that they have for the most blessed Virgin Mary. And you know, this offends our Lord very much. They think they are doing Christ a favor by holding in their hearts contempt for our Lord's mother. They think He's going to be proud of them for putting down the most blessed Virgin Mary, putting her, as it were, in her place. They are actually sanctioning They are actually promoting. They are actually believing our Lord does not keep His own fourth commandment to honor His mother. That's how effective the devil worked in their hearts. That's one of the greatest things he destroyed. Destroyed their love for Mary. He destroyed her the mother of mercy, that devotion to her in their hearts. And you know, in the new church, we've had this. It has happened in the new church too. There are some priests who have instilled in the hearts of their faithful a kind of hostility towards Our Lady. I knew of a Dominican priest, the Order of St. Dominic, the order that gave us the Holy Rosary, the means through which the Rosary was given. Some years ago, when he was asked to lead the Rosary in the local parish church, he said, I haven't said that in years. I don't even know how. He said, and why? Why would we do this? It takes too long, he said. That's just a taste of the destruction. 
After giving us himself in the Holy Eucharist, in which Christ is really, truly, substantially present as the Council of Trent teaches, in the Holy Eucharist, Our Lady was his last great gift to all of us. And as he gave the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper on the night before his death, it was during his death, as he was dying, hanging on that cross, that he gave her to us in the words, Behold thy mother. And from that moment, the mother of God became the mother of all men. And thus, as our mother, she deserves our filial devotion. She deserves our love. She deserves our respect. You know, when Almighty God appeared to Moses in the burning bush on Mount Sinai, you recall he commanded Moses to take his sandals off his feet because the ground upon which Moses stood was holy ground. And it was holy because God was present in the burning bush. Now think about this, my dear friends. If common, ordinary dirt can be made so holy by the presence of God in a burning bush, how much more holy is Mary, the mother of God? How holy she really is. How holy is she in whom the Son of God made man was formed and in whom he dwelt for nine months. How holy must she be if the angels of heaven bow down and reverence her. How holy she must be if her very name of Mary causes the devil to tremble with fear. St. Thomas Aquinas says that the nearer one is to Christ, the holier they are. And thus Mary is the holiest of all because no one is nearer to Christ than her. Now we are, my dear friends, By God's grace and mercy, we are persevering in our Catholic faith, the one true faith. And as faithful Catholics, then, let us ever strive each day to love and honor the most blessed Virgin Mary, our Heavenly Mother, who is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. And let us love her and honor her in a very practical way by keeping her divine son's commandments. Because when we break those commandments, we break his heart. And if his heart is broken, her heart is broken. Let us love and honor her by praying her rosary every day, or at least praying to her every day. And as we come upon another summer, Let us honor her by keeping the Catholic standards of Mary-like modesty in our dress. And by that I mean not wearing the low-cut, revealing clothing that is so prevalent in our society today. 
It is clothing that offends God and can and will and does lead souls into mortal sin and ultimately into hell. For how can someone profess to love the lady and be devoted to her, but who wears clothing that offends her son and sends souls to hell? And finally, my dear people, let us as well always love, honor, and respect our own earthly mothers who gave us life. One day our mothers, if they are not already gone, one day they will be taken from us. And if we have not loved them as we should have loved them, if we have not honored them as we should have honored them, and if we have not respected them as God has commanded us to respect them, we shall regret it for the rest of our lives. And if our mothers have passed into eternity, let us not forget them, but rather let us pray daily for them. For unlike the bond of marriage between a husband and wife which ends at death, motherhood does not cease with death. It goes on for all eternity. May our blessed mother, the mother of all mothers, bless our mothers this day and every day. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.